In the name of Jesus, amen. Every year when Advent comes around, we look forward to these midweek Advent services. It's kind of a unique thing that we do as Lutherans. And every year as a pastor and as uh, church workers uh, who are involved with the service planning, we try to figure out maybe what sort of theme we could follow for Advent. We might want to take a theme about Isaiah and him talking about the coming of Christ. We might want to talk about the minor prophets and how they speak of where Jesus would be born. We might also talk about in a midweek series about the various people who were at Jesus' birth on that first Christmas. But after 20 years of doing this and planning, it sort of hits you with, what are we going to do this year? As I sat down with our DPM, I told her that uh, I thought it was rather interesting that on the calendar this year, uh, three of the four Wednesdays have saints' days in the season of Advent. And she said, well, then why don't we just do that as our theme? And so there you have it. Each Wednesday, we will be taking a look at different saints. One will be transferred, but that's okay as well. Tonight and today is actually St. Andrew's Day. We begin with St. Andrew, and because of that, it's actually very important and very good because the season of Advent actually hinges on the date of November 30th, today. That is St. Andrew's Day. The first Sunday of Advent always falls on the Sunday nearest to November 30th. Why? I don't know. It's just the way it is. It's the historic custom of the church. But as we take a look at these saints, we don't look at them as some sort of superheroes. We don't look at them as sort of professional Christians by which we have trading cards or whatever else it is. We look to these saints, these people like Andrew and others, as our models of faith, our motivation for faith, and even as our models of following what they, had did, what they had done for the church, but also learning from them with where they messed up as well, because plenty of them have done that, just like you and me. But on to Andrew. Andrew is one of the first disciples of Jesus. He was the son of a man named Jonah, not Jonah from the Old Testament, and he was brother to the most famous of the disciples, Peter. Andrew was originally from Bethsaida in Galilee, and he was, like Peter, a fisherman. Andrew had apparently, though, been a follower of John the Baptist first, as we heard in our reading from John chapter 1 tonight. And you all know about John the Baptist, especially at Advent. I was telling the crew at noon today, I love the Advent seasonal card where John the Baptist is on the front of the card looking all scraggly and angry, and he simply says, a blessed advent to all of you, you brood of vipers. John the Baptist was never somebody that was evidently liked because of his message for repentance. But John the Baptist is a very prominent figure that you're going to hear about through the season of Advent because John the Baptist was the last of the great prophets of the Old Testament. 
He basically acts as a connecting point between the Old Testament and the New Testament. John the Baptist was not only the cousin of Jesus, but he was also the first to proclaim to the world, here is Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist would be the one who looks to the bride, we the church, and says, here is your groom. Here is the one that you have longed for. And so Andrew was a follower of John the Baptist initially. And John the Baptist, as we know, very famously says, Behold the Lamb of God. And this brings a question that I have for you this evening, and a question particularly in this Advent season. In the midst of this time of year, driving in tonight, I saw more and more houses with lights and whatnot. In the midst of all of the holiday hubbub and the Christmas and so forth, are we still focusing on Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away our sins? Is this still the greatest gift that we could ever receive? Or is Jesus and his blood being shed for us maybe more of a Lent-type thing, a Holy Week type of thing? Or is Jesus kind of on the back burner this holiday season? Maybe he will be in your little manger scene that you will set up at Christmas time, but maybe he won't be the central figure in your family life as you get together. Maybe it's a joyous thing to celebrate Christmas, and I'm not trying to be a downer. It's a joyous thing to celebrate Jesus' birth, but maybe you're a little too worried about what you'll get under the tree, or maybe whether or not you'll see your family, or whether you'll even get along. Or maybe you're even thinking about the credit card bills that will come in January. Is Jesus still the reason for us at Christmas and this time of year? Is Jesus still the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? And is that a gift that you continually receive as the greatest treasure of all? John the Baptist proclaimed what Jesus had come to do, to be the Messiah, the very Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And as Andrew, our focus tonight, hears this, you'll notice he leaves John the Baptist. And he begins to follow Jesus. And we hear tonight, tonight in our gospel that Andrew went and found Simon Peter and told his own brother, we have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. We all know about Peter walking on water, telling Jesus, I will go with you everywhere. I will, I will do anything to defend you. We know about Peter denying Jesus three times. We know about Peter being called the devil. But how does Peter come to know Jesus? Initially, it's through Andrew. He brought Peter to Jesus. And so we can look at Andrew as what we would basically call a domestic missionary. That is simply what a missionary does. They don't go out to the far reaches of the world. They don't go out and brave all sorts of elements with things that we hear about with people like Paul in the book of Acts. A missionary simply goes out and says, come and see. We have found the Christ, the Messiah. And Peter does this with his closest family member, his brother. Later on in John chapter 12, we hear of some Greeks 
who come from a very far place to see Jesus. And these Greeks approach Philip, and they ask to see Jesus, and Philip turns right around and asks Andrew to assist him so that they would see Jesus in their midst. And as these Greeks come to see Jesus, and as Jesus begins to interact with these Gentiles, this is where Jesus even proclaims to the Gentiles, I, when I am lifted up, I will draw all people unto myself. Andrew heard what Jesus was going to do. Andrew saw what Jesus encountered with his cross, and Andrew even witnessed his resurrection. And Andrew would later go from being a domestic missionary to an international missionary. He would go to the regions of Greece, Turkey, and Bulgaria. And later on, he would be martyred for the faith. The word martyr just simply means to be a witness. And he gave up even his own life to give witness to the invitation to come and receive Jesus. Andrew was crucified, but even then, as legend says it, he did not want to be crucified on a cross shaped like Jesus' cross. He was crucified on a cross in the shape of an X. And so if you see a shield with St. Andrew's symbol, it is very simply an X. That's nice, Pastor, but what does this really do for us today? Well, this is important because whether or not we realize it, Andrew has a very foundational role for the church. He begins by inviting his family, his hometown, to receive Jesus. And eventually he goes and becomes this foreign missionary. And because of all of that work that's been prior done, done prior to us, we have this place established today. Andrew's picture is not out on the wall out here as a, as a former pastor or missionary, although it could be. He's not somebody that you or I knew. But because of these first acts of these witnesses and these sent ones, these apostles, we can trace our heritage and lineage back to Andrew and other people's work to the present-day church you are sitting in. And this place will continue on with the mission of focusing and centering all of our life on Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. As we proclaim him crucified, he will continue to draw all people unto himself. And as we prepare for his second coming on the last day to judge the living and the dead, we too, like Andrew, have the opportunity to go out into our communities, or maybe even to our family members, to continue and extend the invitation. It's not about sitting them down or knocking on their door and trying to read them a whole bunch of scripture. That wouldn't be bad, but it may not always be well received. The church can continue its missionary work by going and inviting people to this place where we have the Messiah, where the preaching of God's word is found here, where God's word comes by faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ.
And as those people come into this place, we may not see the results that we are necessarily looking for, but neither did Andrew or Peter or any of the saints before us. But nonetheless, the invitation is there. It was on Andrew's lips, and it is on our lips by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come and see. We have found the Messiah, Jesus Christ our Lord. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.